For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this post-debate Thursday. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, you can send me a note to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right. And the show's coming up here on the Monica Crowley podcast. We've got some major guests with really important conversations coming up. We're going to speak to Ali London, who is a British K-pop star, major social media uh, influencer and superstar, who transitioned, was a boy, transitioned to a girl, and then detransitioned back to being a man. And he's got a brand new book out talking about the evils of this trans agenda because he's been on the inside, he's seen it, he knows these people. He's like, this is straight up evil. Uh, he is going to be here next week, and this is a conversation you do not want to miss, especially if you're a parent, but even if you're not, you've got to understand that this is a form of cultural Marxism to destroy the nuclear family, separate your children, America's children, from their parents. This is a conversation from somebody on the inside or who used to be on the inside blowing the whistle on this whole psychotic nightmare. 
of the trans agenda. He is going to be here. Blockbuster conversation. Also, we're going to handle breaking news as we always do uh, next week and in the shows ahead. We're also going to be joined by Kevin Sorbo and his wife, Sam Sorbo, who is also an actress, but she is a major uh, advocate for homeschooling. Kevin and Sam Sorbo homeschool their kids. This is a trend that is taking off because our schools, whether it's public or private, completely out of control. Also, Kevin Sorbo has a new movie out. So we're going to talk to the two of them. It's going to be an amazing conversation about a whole range of issues, including how Hollywood now treats them. You know, Kevin Sorbo was always a huge star, still is. But he was Hercules back in the 90s, major, major star, huge hunk, still is. Um, But Hollywood canceled them because they're Christians, because they are conservatives. And certainly now because they're pro-Trump, forget about it. So Kevin and Sam Sorbo will be here, and that's also going to be an incredible conversation. After Labor Day, here on the Monica Crowley program, we're going to be joined by Matt Gates. We're going to be joined by Jack Posobiec, and we're going to be joined by Riley Gaines. Yep, the one and only Riley Gaines. She just confirmed. I'm so excited to talk to her. We're going to talk to her about protecting women's sports from dudes competing against them. And girls, teenagers, young women having to see a penis come at them in the locker room. We're beginning to win some of these battles, and I cannot wait to talk to Riley Gaines. Plus, we've got another major actor is going to join us, so very exciting stuff coming up here on the Monica Crowley Podcast. Do not miss a second of it, and make sure you tell all your friends, your family, your colleagues about this show. But first, today, the Monica Memo. There is only one person on the face of the earth who could define a presidential debate without actually being there. Donald J. Trump. We're going to get to this and and the debate here in just a moment. But before we do, there's something going on today that is also a defining event. All of the other Republican candidates wanted today to be all about them. They wanted the conversation to be about them and their performances last night at the first GOP presidential forum, the debate hosted by Fox News in Milwaukee. And yet Donald Trump was not there and defined the entire debate, but also what is going down in Fulton County in Atlanta today is also defining all of these other candidates and what they are out there trying to do, which is present themselves as an alternative to Donald Trump. Well, today in Fulton County, Donald Trump is being arrested for the fourth time on the fourth bogus indictment. I think it's a grand total so far of 91 charges against Donald Trump. And if he is convicted on all of them, faces what? 700, 800 years in prison. So today he's going down to Atlanta to be booked. Now, I don't know if you guys saw, I tweeted out the picture yesterday of, I think it was nine so far of these 18 or 19 defendants that the Soros DA, Fannie Willis, has charged 
uh, in connection with uh, questioning the 2020 election, including Rudy Giuliani yesterday. But there are others, Trump attorneys at the time, John Eastman, Jenna Ellis. Um, they were all processed and booked either yesterday or in the days prior. And somebody put up a collection of their mugshots. So I retweeted that photo yesterday and I put a note that says, you know, if you raise legit questions about a sketch election, the system will prosecute you. The system does want you in prison. This is American tyranny. You think you live in a representative republic? You do not. You live in American tyranny. So this is what they want for President Trump. I do not know yet. Uh, I guess we'll know by the end of the day or maybe by the time this uh, show goes up later today uh, whether or not they processed him in the same way and did the mugshot. If they do, that mugshot clinches the Republican nomination for him and maybe even the presidency. You're going to mugshot a former president of the United States? Really? You're going to put him in a holding cell? Really? We don't know yet, as of uh, this morning, as I'm recording this show, if in fact they are going to do that. But you know what? Bring it. You're already so far down the track in perverting the Constitution, ripping up due process, ripping up the rule of law, that you know what? You might as well go all the way. If they're going to do this, do, do do it all the way. And if they do, they give us even more ammunition. So we will watch very closely uh, his fourth arrest today. But once again, Donald Trump stepping on all of the headlines, stepping on all of uh, the other Republican candidates who really wanted at least a day to allow their performances to breathe in the media to have their clips uh, repurposed, to have Fox News talking about it, to have all of us talking about it. We are going to do it today. But notice that I am starting today's show by talking about Donald Trump being booked for the fourth time on a fourth BS indictment. We're starting the show today with that because that is the issue Set aside even Donald Trump, it is the weaponization of government and it is the complete violent destruction of all of the pillars of American freedom, of American rule of law, of American due process. This is the left completely destroying it. Now, they've been at this for a long time, as we always talk about, but this Trump Uh, Fourth indictment, this massive pylon on him using lawfare. This is political warfare done through the legal system, through the abuse and the attack and the destruction of the legal system. Again, it is about Trump, but it's about so much more than that. This is about destroying our system and destroying us all on purpose. This is why we're beginning with this today and not the debate. The other day I heard, I guess it was yesterday on War Room, I heard Steve Bannon, our good friend, he made a fantastic point. And it's so obvious, but none of us have been saying it, and it was so good to hear Bannon articulate it. Bannon said, never before in the history of the country have we had the future, the survival of the American system tied so closely to one man. 
Now, maybe you could argue George Washington. Maybe you could argue Abraham Lincoln. And I think those two are very legitimate. You can put Trump in that category of having the American experiment in human liberty, the American system of checks and balances, the American system of the Bill of Rights and the rule of law. All of that tied to whether or not Washington succeeded, whether or not Lincoln succeeded in preserving the Union, and now whether or not Donald Trump succeeds in beating this deep state, communist, globalist attack on him whether or not he succeeds in beating that back. I think it is a very, very important point, if not the most important point. And one of the things I was incredibly disappointed with last night was the weaponization of government, which is our number one issue. The abuses of power by the communist left, by the globalists, who have this much bigger agenda. It's tied to communism, but it's so much bigger. This is what we were talking about with Mel Kay last week. Last Thursday, a week ago today, if you have not heard that show, go back and listen to it. There are huge, dark, nefarious agendas going on here. Trump stands in the way, so they're going after him by abusing their power, destroying the system all on purpose. They kill a couple of birds with one stone doing this, right? They're eliminating him or trying to. They're attacking us, the great silent majority, the uh, MAGA crowd, the America First crowd, and they're destroying the system all at the same time. So they get a win-win-win by doing this. The weaponization of our government, the destruction of our system, that is the number one issue. And yet, last night, didn't come up once. I think Vivek Ramaswamy raised it sort of tangentially, um, but the other candidates did not raise it. The moderators did not raise it. The the number one issue, the, the issue on which everything else rides. And it was some sort of tangential kind of remark. You know, meanwhile, when they were asked if Donald Trump is convicted of a felony, how many of you will still support him if, in fact, he's the nominee? Every hand went up except Asa Hutchison and Chris Christie. Understandable because their only roles in this race are to beat up on Donald Trump, to attack. That's it. Christie and Hutchison. Christie does it more effectively, I guess, than Hutchison, who's just a complete bore and a non-entity and just an establishment tool, like so many of them are. And I was glad to see every other hand go up, that if he is the nominee and he is convicted in this BS, destructive chaos that the left is inflicting on us, they will still support him. Good, good. But every hand should have gone up. Chris Christie and Asa Hutchison just showed exactly who they are and with their tools of the the entire establishment, the uni party establishment that is also on board with the destruction of the country. So that was my one big beef, and it all ties together with how we open the show today, which is Trump going to Atlanta today to be booked for a fourth time on a fourth bogus indictment. This is the only issue that matters right now. I mean, we've got so many important things coming at us. 
including that plane with Purgosian going down in Russia. I mean, <laughs> the entire Ukraine war has been like so many illusory stuff going on, a fog of war. This takes it to the next level. So who knows what actually went on here? But the world is a dangerous place, as that plane crash uh, reminded us yesterday. Very little foreign policy, you know, Nikki Haley comes after Vivek and and everything. And you know what? These exchanges are important. We need to air out this stuff. But the primary, in fact, the only issue, because if we don't address this, nothing else matters. The weaponization of government and the deliberate intentional destruction of the American system both the constitutional system and the free market economic system. The deliberate takedown of those two pillars that created the most extraordinary human freedom experiment in world history and the most prosperous nation on the face of the earth, all of that goes away, which is their intention. And yet nobody really addresses it last night. Tangentially, maybe, Nobody made it the centerpiece of their comments. It should have been the tentpole for every single one of those candidates. And no matter what question they got, they should have found a way to address the question and bring it back to this. The other big point before we get into some of the specifics here, the other big point I want to make is that it was really clear from watching everybody on stage last night that the powers that be, including everybody on that stage, but the uni party, the globalists, the left, the propaganda press, uh, big tech, everybody who's trying to move us to that brave new world uh, without American freedom and toward a collectivist, socialist, even communist economic system, a one world government, a surveillance state, all of it. And the Republicans are not on board with all of that necessarily, and they will stand up there last night and in the future and tell you they're opposed to it. But in many cases, they have made themselves tools of that effort. And in order to get that done, the powers that be, the power brokers in the uni party, need to reset the political clock to pre-2015 pre-Donald Trump, pre-America first. They need to reset that political clock. Now, that is not remotely possible. There is way too much water under the bridge here, and the America first movement is deeply, deeply entrenched. And with every passing day, more Americans understand that this is the battle. This is the fight. So going back to pre-2015, is not possible at all, but they are all trying. We are in a completely different universe now, and they're all trying to pretend that we're not. They're trying to pretend that this is pre-2015, that they're all running for president in, say, 2008 or 2012. This is the Mitt Romney race or the John McCain race. No, no, we are in a completely different world. Donald Trump so smashed the paradigm 
of what Republican, but also independent and disaffected Democrats want and expect in a presidential candidate, but actually any candidate, you running for dog catcher in your local town, hey, the expectations are a lot different thanks to Donald Trump. So you look at those candidates last night and, you know, with an exception here or there, they are good people. They are effective leaders, governors, senators, right? Ron DeSantis, the most effective Republican governor we've had probably since Reagan. Tim Scott, an incredibly nice, smart guy. You look at all of them and you're like, well, okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. You know, they're nice. They're smart. They're good at what they do in terms of what they have done, their records and so on. But we are in a completely different universe thanks to Donald Trump. And literally thanks to Donald Trump. Thank you, Donald Trump, for taking this on eight years ago, continuing to take it on eight years ago, and exposing the rot, the uni party, um, the, the BS nonsense that have come from the Republican establishment. He lifted the curtain on all of it. And so literally thanks to them, we are in a different place, and we are not going back. This is the new right. So if you stood on that stage last night as a candidate, I mean, takes a lot of guts to run for president, so kudos. But if you don't understand that the Republican Party is different, if you don't understand that America is different, the world is different, if you don't get what hour it is, get out, because the hour is very late in America. Trump is the ultimate disruptor. And has been really his whole life, but certainly since he got on the political scene in June of 2015. There is a raw authenticity to him. Does he articulate things uh, like Shakespeare? Obviously not. And his his way with words um, is getting him in a lot of trouble because the you know the the left is always looking for an opening, so they'll say, oh. He said this when everybody knows what he meant, but maybe it was garbled a little bit or maybe mangled the articulation of it, and so it it gets him in trouble. But that raw authenticity is his coin of the realm. It is his currency. It's the fact he's not a practice politician with a bunch of canned lines. We're going to get to that in a second. The lesson that these candidates took from Donald Trump is that they should be disruptors too. Only they're not. Maybe Vivek Ramaswamy, because he is a tech entrepreneur, his net worth is hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. God bless. He is the American dream, as he said last night. So he could probably qualify as a disruptor. But the others... And, and again, there are many effective leaders in this GOP race, like Governor DeSantis. But are they natural disruptors? Mm, maybe you could argue DeSantis is with what he's done in Florida with the woke stuff and taking on Disney. But he's still operating in a system 
Whereas Trump is trying to attack the system from the outside, even when he was president. That's a really important point, guys. I hope you will take that away from this show today. They're all operating in the system, saying they want to reform the system, but they're all creatures of the system, some more than others, but they're still all creatures of the system. Donald Trump is not. Donald Trump is taking on the system from outside the system, even when he was president. So the question as we go forward and we look at this debate is, do these other candidates have what it takes? We know that Trump does, but do any of these others have what it takes? I would say pre-2015, which is how they're so desperately trying to move us, pre-2015, yes. Pre-2015, Ron DeSantis would be walking away with this nomination, but we are not 2015. And again, you see why they're trying desperately to move us there, but we are not there. We are in 2023 going into 2024 with a critical election. Do they have what it takes? I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen it in one man, Donald J. Trump. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, I want to take apart what we heard last night, uh, both from the debate and also from President Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson. He did some very effective counter-programming last night. We are going to get to all of it on the other side. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, Eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust. With one click, you and your team can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with personalized suggestions. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash go to download for free. 
All right, welcome back. Let's talk about uh, the two events last night, the GOP debate aired by Fox News. And then I also want to get to uh, Donald Trump's masterstroke of counter-programming that by doing an exclusive interview with Tucker Carlson, which was posted on Twitter, now known as X, but we all still call it Twitter, right? So let's get into some of what they said last night, because it's really important to air a lot of this out. All right, let's start with Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, He has been a guest on this show. I have been a guest on his podcast. He is a very smart, very accomplished uh, tech entrepreneur. He is running as the sort of the younger version of Trump. I mean, Trump Trump is a very unique uh, character in so many ways, but I think Vivek is trying to position himself as the 30-something, not exactly like Trump, but the 30-something disruptor. And because he's had this huge success disrupting uh, the tech universe, he really does have the credentials to kind of position himself that way. The other people on stage were totally annoyed by him, which was also kind of delicious, (laughs) I mean, it really, it really was. They were trying to swat him down as sort of the young kid who doesn't know anything. And he's like, hey, he owned it at the beginning. He's like, I know a lot of you are asking who's this skinny guy with the the, uh, weird last name. And he introduced himself very well. One of the things he said, and he has said this on the campaign trail before, is he said, the other candidates are running from something. I want us running to something. Very effective line. Listen. I am genuinely worried that that American dream will not exist for our two sons and their generation unless we do something about it. And I do think Brett is going to take an outsider because for a long time we have professional politicians in the Republican Party who have been running from something. Now is our moment to start running to something. So yeah, I think that was one of his most effective sort of attacks on not just the left and the Democrats, but also the other Republicans on the stage. Like, hey, you know, you guys had your turn and you really screwed things up. So you don't turn over the keys again to somebody who has previously wrecked your car. I think this was a a very effective line of attack. And you're going to hear more from Vivek as we move forward in this campaign uh, on that. The other thing he does very well, we're going to get to this later, he's navigated Trump really well. You do not attack Donald Trump in a full frontal way, as Chris Christie is, it's backfiring, except for like a core of Trump haters. You don't do that because the base is totally um, is still in love with Donald Trump. The loyalty is off the charts for Donald Trump. So it will backfire as it is for all these candidates trying to take on Trump in a full frontal way. Vivek has navigated uh, Trump really well and actually has defended him. And we're going to deal with that here in a second. First, uh, Trump's former vice president, uh, Mike Pence, who the base absolutely cannot stand. Um, You know, a lot of these people did all of these canned lines. And I understand going into a debate prepared. Of course, you want to be prepared. But the canned lines, again, pre-2015, just does not land. Here is Mike Pence with a canned line about Vivek and how we don't need on-the-job training. Roll it. Joe Biden has weakened this country at home and abroad. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. Yeah, not landing. 
not landing. You can't go after the, the one, you know, and Vivek had some prepared lines too. And again, totally understandable, but uh, you can't go after like the one disruptor on the stage with that kind of prepackaged stuff. It just doesn't land. Governor DeSantis, uh, you know, he's been told that his strongest suit here is Florida's management of COVID. And while he did lock down, and again, totally understandable because we had no idea what this virus was or how it was going to behave in the human system. So early on, everybody locked down. It was the prudent thing to do. Um, And then DeSantis opened up and it became, Florida became a haven for freedom-loving people who were fleeing blue states like California and New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, getting the hell out of Dodge and going to Florida so that they wouldn't have to get a mandatory vaccine to live their lives and they wouldn't have to um, uh, wear a mask and all of these other crazy uh, restrictions that apparently now they want to bring back. Nobody is going to comply with that except a couple of loons. But anyway, DeSantis is focused on uh, COVID. And so one of his opening gambits here last night was going after Anthony Fauci. You don't take somebody like Fauci and coddle him. You bring Fauci in, you sit him down, and you say, Anthony, you are fired. Anthony, you are fired. Okay, so that got a lot of applause in the room. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, cheer that on. I will say, having been in the Trump administration at Treasury uh, during all of this and, uh, you know, met Fauci a couple of times, um, very, very difficult in an unprecedented health crisis like what we were facing to, to do that right? Because Fauci was perceived as a steady hand. We now know he was completely evil, um, still is. But, you know, it's very difficult to look back and then expect your leaders to be perfect in an unprecedented crisis as we were. Donald Trump was not a doctor. Donald Trump was a, a businessman who had delivered a booming economy and world peace. He did his job until COVID hit. And of course, that's why COVID was released in the first place, because he was doing such a good job and they needed to stop him with something he knew nothing about. So, you know, it makes total sense now in retrospect. So, um, you know, that's a cheer line about firing Fauci. And uh, DeSantis did do an amazing job in Florida during all of that. Um, But it's a canned line that... uh, I'm not so sure now it's going to work. It may gain more traction if uh, Biden and the left try to bring back these crazy restrictions, which word on the street is they will with this new variant, with all of like three cases around the world. So it's a a pre-election gambit like they did in 2020, try to justify mass mail-in balloting and, and all of the fraud that they did last time. That's a subject for a different time. But if they do bring back these restrictions, then DeSantis may get more traction on that as of now. Okay, we will see. Um, Vivek, back to him. At one point, he delivered another good line, which is a way of sort of co-opting the left and their revolution. The real choice we face in this primary is this. Do you want a super PAC puppet? Or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about? Or do you want revolution? 
or do you want a revolution? I think that's going to be a, a that's going to be an interesting line of attack if he can sort of flesh it out a little bit more. He didn't have time last night on the stage, but we do need a counter-revolution to the Marxist globalist revolution that they are inflicting on us. So if he can kind of tease that out a little bit more, I think that could be a good line of attack for him. Um, Christie, of course, couldn't stand being trumped. Ha-ha, how do you like that? Couldn't stand being trumped by this young whippersnapper, uh, this skinny guy on the stage. So at one point, Christie turned to him and invoked AI. Listen. Let, wait, enough. hold on, hold I've on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. ChatGPT. So another can line, but not a bad one, actually. I mean, I got to give props where props are due, right? Not a bad line uh, for Christy at Vivek, who then turned around and pushed back, and it was all fine. Now, um, this brings us to probably the best moment on stage last night. Chris Christie's entire role in this race, his only job, such as it is in this campaign, is to attack Donald Trump. He is meant to be the pit bull attacking Donald Trump, grabbing him by the neck and not letting him go. It's not working, but he has been enlisted and probably paid a lot of money uh, by the uni party to go and do this, just attack Trump nonstop. And he did last night when he's talking about uh, Trump and vengeance and grievance, and he's going on and on. And then Vivek stepped in and body slammed Chris Christie into outer space. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie... Honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. Such a great moment, guys, right? I mean, to me, Vivek won the entire debate by defending Donald Trump and doing it in such an effective way. That was brilliant. And so maybe Vivek wants to be Trump's vice president. I don't know. I'm not sure any of these people would take it. I mean, maybe they would. Who knows? It's still the vice presidency. But Vivek, in defending Donald Trump against this illegal, unprecedented assault on him and on the system, he was the guy. And then the way he just flattened Chris Christie like a pancake, brilliant. All right, and then finally, and there was a lot more on this, but we have limited time here. Um, finally, in the debate, uh, they did talk about Ukraine, and they got into that. And the only two who were asked if they would continue sending support uh, to Ukraine f- to support the, their end of the war um, were Ron DeSantis, good for him, and Vivek Ramaswamy, good for him. Here is Vivek on, uh, and this was after DeSantis said no, he would not pledge any more support for the Ukraine war. Here is Vivek also doing the same. Mr. Ramaswamy, you would not support an increase of funding to Ukraine? I would not. And I think that this is disastrous that we are protecting against an invasion across somebody else's border when we should use those same military resources to prevent across the invasion of our own southern border here in the United States. 
So good. I mean, you know, that's where the Republican base is. So DeSantis and Ramaswamy, excellent on that. The others showed themselves to be profligate warmongers, which, again, they're trying to reset to twenty pre-2015 with, hey, war, yeah. Whereas now the Republican base is more like the traditional left, war, what is it good for? Uh, so I think also that's going to be a defining moment. Before we get into a couple of things that Trump said with Tucker, I just want to make this point. And I tweeted this last night. All of these candidates, and again, for the most part, they are smart, effective, good people. But all of these candidates are trying way too hard to show that they're a tough guy. Now, you want a tough American president. Trump proved that. But you can't really fake it. It has to be that raw authenticity. They all want to be Trump-esque fighters, but they can't pull it off. And it's coming off as woefully desperate. We will see if they get more authentic with this over time. I'm not entirely uh, confident that they will, but we will see. You cannot be something that you're not. Donald Trump, his entire life has been um, authentic and an authentic fighter. Whether he was uh, dealing with uh, the powers that be in New York City, putting up massive buildings, or whether he was a candidate or president of the United States dealing with our enemies, he is an authentic, tough fighter. You can't really fake that. And a lot of them last night were trying to fake that. And it comes off as inauthentic. So let's see how that evolves over time. I'm not going to write any of them off. As you know, I'm supporting President Trump. But I got a close eye on, you know, these this secondary tier of candidates. And to see, not that any of them are going to be the nominee, but maybe one of them will be the vice president. Maybe they'll end up in a Trump cabinet should he be reelected. So I want to watch all of them and how they grow and develop over time. Now, moving on to the Tucker interview, there were a couple of uh, big highlights here. Now, early on in the interview, um, Tucker asked him about his personal safety. And here's how Trump responded. Listen. They are people that are sick, really sick. You have great people in the Democrat party. You have great people that are Democrats. Most of the people in our country are fantastic. And I'm representing everybody. I'm not just Republicans or conservatives. I represent everybody. I'm the president of everybody. But I've seen what they do. I've seen the lengths that they go to. When they make up the Russia, 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 when that's exposed and they go down and Barr should have gone after them and other people should have gone after. And they did very late because the Durham report came out. It was fairly good. It could have been a lot tougher, I guess, but it was fairly good. But it explained how corrupt it was. But these people are sick people. These are people that uh, I think they hate our country. You want to know the truth. When you see open borders, when you see these policies that they have and so many other things, it's so sad to see. You know, we have a country that's very fragile right now. You know, he is exactly right about that. You know, the the country is very fragile. Um, He did not directly take on his personal safety, um, which I think was a very smart thing to do. But he is talking about how the country is being ripped to shreds and how we're at a very precarious moment now. 
not just for him, but for the rest of us and for our system, because we under we are under deliberate attack. He certainly is, but the rest of us are as well. Very important point. He also spoke about uh, how corrupt Joe Biden is. And, and then he had a couple of good lines about, you know, Biden goes to the beach and now he can't even walk. But you watch him and it looks like he's walking on toothpicks. So, and then you see him in the beach where he can't lift a chair. You know, those chairs are meant to be light, right? They're like two ounces. Yeah. You lift them up. He can't lift the chair. He can't walk to the chair. And I, I don't know what they're doing with the beach. You know, this beach is seeming to play a big role, but they love pictures of him on the beach. I think he looks terrible on the beach. He looks terrible on the Skinny beach. Skinny legs. Well, he can't walk through the sand. You know, sand yeah. is not that easy to walk through. But when he walks through it, he can't walk through the sand. So nobody else makes the point about how corrupt Joe Biden is and also how he is a demented hack, incapable of doing this job. Uh, better than Donald Trump, right? Like he can't even walk on the set. So, so the guy has not lost a step in terms of being able to skewer his political opponents and also his comedic way with words. Guy can't even walk on the sand. <laughs> All right. Um, he was also asked by Tucker, and this is another important question about, um, do you think we're moving towards civil war? And Trump responded by talking about the huge outdoor crowd that he addressed right before the Capitol riot on January 6th. And he said, quote, there is tremendous passion and there is tremendous love. January 6th was a very interesting day. They don't report it properly. I believe it was the largest crowd I've ever spoken to before. Then he acknowledged that, yep, a riot did occur, and he referred to the scenarios, you know, the, the feds infiltrating and so on. He didn't take that on directly, but he did talk about a small group of people who violently breached the Capitol. Um, and then he said, look, I, in my speech, I talked about how we must peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol. And then he said, there's such hatred of, of what they've done to our country that, you know, the people were upset and angry after the 2020 election. So Carlson then asked, so do you think it's possible that there is open conflict in this country? And Trump answered, quote, there is a level of passion that I've never seen. There is a level of hatred that I've never seen. And that's probably a bad combination. Um, that was the perfect answer to that question. The perfect answer to that question. Um, he also talked about the stolen 2020 election and then Tucker asked him about 2024 and said, Hey, you know, if you're saying that they stole it from you the last time, why wouldn't they do the same thing this time? And Trump said, they will try. Their policies are so bad that they have to cheat. And he went on to say, if somebody else got in there other than me, they'll go at him just as viciously as they did me. I'm so happy that he said that because I've been saying that from the beginning, it doesn't matter whom we nominate. They are going to attack and destroy them to prevent them from assuming office. So good for Trump for saying that. Then he went on to say these people are sick and they will go after them. And a lot of people say that they won't be able to hold up. I do get credit for holding up quite well. And then uh, Tucker uh, said, how do you get indicted every week and stay cheerful? And Trump quipped, it's a lot easier because I'm so high in the polls. It means people get it, that people see it's a fraud. So excellent exchange between the two of them there. 
Uh, also, speaking of Trump's uh, comedic, uh, <laughs> his comedic abilities, he did talk about Kamala Harris, and he says, he had this great line, she speaks in rhyme. Listen. In, uh, it's weird. It's weird. But she has bad moments. And in rhyme? What do you- well, the way she talks, the bus will go here, and then the bus will go there, because that's what buses do. And it's weird. The whole <laughs> thing is weird. This is not a president of the United States future. Hilarious. I literally laughed out loud when he said that. Kamala Harris speaks in rhyme. Uh, She's also like in a constant state of nervous breakdown, which means that they cannot run her and they know it. Uh, Speaking of the most important issue, Trump also addressed uh, the weaponization of government, which the other candidates did not. Good for him. Again, he has been the the primary target of this corruption, and he addressed it with Tucker, and he said he is going to deal with it, like drain the swamp for real this time. I think last time around, he didn't get the depth of corruption and the warping of our system. This time he does. So good for him for addressing that. And then uh, finally, you know, Tucker asked him about uh, being indicted. Trump says, hey, I've been indicted four times and it's all beep. Listen, I got indicted four times. All trivia, nonsense, bullshit. It's all bullshit. Yep, exactly. So um, we'll see the Fox News ratings from last night. I will say within about 12 hours of Tucker posting this exclusive with Trump, there were nearly, I think, 150 million views of the Tucker-Trump conversation. They also got a huge audience. If you have not already watched that, go to Twitter, Tucker Carlson's uh, site, and the entire video with Trump is up there. It's definitely worth watching. All right, guys, that is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for being here, as always, and checking out our fantastic sponsors. We all appreciate that. Have a terrific end to your week and a fabulous August weekend. And I will see you right back here with another huge show on Tuesday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.